My name is Ben Lafort, and I am the host of the Making of a Millionaire podcast, where each episode we are going to be discussing a new personal finance concept, and I'm going to discuss how that concept can help improve your life. So if you're ready to get going, let's start the show. All right, we're in episode two, and today I want to discuss the concept of financial freedom. If you've been following my writing for a long time, or if you're enrolled in the Financial Mentor Program, you likely know or have heard me uh, discuss this before. My concept of financial freedom, which is, you know, financial freedom is is a buzzword, let's be honest. Um, We hear that word being thrown around all the time to the point where it kind of loses meaning. Uh, there, There is a lot of these kind of buzzwords in personal finance, So what I want to do with these type of buzzwords is kind of claim them back and give it a specific meaning. So my meaning for financial freedom may not be everyone's and everyone certainly won't agree with it. But here it is. My definition of financial freedom is being able to spend my days doing work I love when I want, how I want and where I want. And I'll add to that to have that work be able to cover all of my living expenses. Uh, So that is a very specific definition. Let's get into that and and why I've kind of built that as my definition and why and and how um, I plan on working towards it and how you might be able to plan on working towards it as well. So the reality check is that I'm never going to really stop working. This is where... um, the idea of, you know, in the financial independence retire early movement, if you've heard of the FIRE movement, um, I love the financial independence aspect of FIRE. Uh, I could do without the retire early. I'm just not built that way where I'll ever stop working completely. And I think a lot of people feel that the same way. Um, I think the problem for a lot of people is that they're doing, they haven't found the right work. Um, so the majority of people really fall into one of two camps when it comes to work. The first is the camp of people who hate their job and they get a pit in their stomach on Sunday night when they think about going to work on Monday. They absolutely hate what they do. Uh, maybe they have a crappy boss or coworkers they don't like. They hate their job. The second, and this is a much, I think, larger group of people, they, they tolerate their job. Uh, some of them even like their job but they don't love their job and they don't love what they do. Um, So in some ways, you know, the people in camp two are actually, um, it's easier to get stuck if you're kind of in a job that you tolerate. If you're in a job that you hate, there's a lot more urgency to make some changes. Um, So I, I don't want to be putting down the idea of working a job you hate or a job you tolerate if it helps you support your family. Um, there's nothing more honorable than, than doing uh, good work or hard work to, to support your family. Um, so financial freedom isn't something that you should, should drop everything you're doing, go pursue whatever you, you love doing, uh, um, you know, if you're a yogi or whatever, going to teach yoga, if that's not going to pay the bills. The idea is at some point in your life, though, uh, to work towards that goal where, where you could uh, take a step back from what you're doing and Pursue your passions, um, making some money at it. But even if you're not making as much money as you were before, putting yourself in that financial position to 
be able to uh, to do that even if you're taking a pay cut. So um, there's there's kind of three parts to this. Uh, the first part is what I kind of call the five essential concepts of personal finance. So um, you know, pursuing financial freedom is you have to put yourself in a good financial position to do that, obviously. And when I'm talking about the five essential concepts of personal finance, I'm talking about tracking where your money is going, building a strong emergency fund, paying off debt, adopting a simple investment strategy, and creating a goals-based budget to get you towards that um, position of financial freedom, where the numbers help you get there. Uh, so these are all issues we're going to dive deep into throughout the podcast episodes, throughout the course, courses that you'll receive through the mentor program. So I'm not going to spend too much time on these. I'm going to kind of glance over these pretty quick. Tracking your spending, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, if you want to begin saving and investing more money, you got to know where your money is going right now. Uh, and if you're looking to free up money, I'd start with taking a hard look at how much you spend on the big three expenses of housing, transportation, and food. If you're struggling to save money, um, you either have an income problem or you're probably spending too much money on on the big three. Uh, The second is building a strong emergency fund. Um, Depending on where you are in the financial mentor program, you might have already gotten my free course on building your financial emergency fund plan. Um, But it's, it's key to have one. No one likes it, right? This is kind of like taking your financial medicine. It's, there's nothing sexy about putting cash in a savings account and letting it grow there, earning next to no interest, you know, when you could be paying off debt or you could be investing. That's, that's much more exciting. But you do need that financial stability to, to be able to pay off debt and stay out of debt and to be able to invest with uh, security. <clears throat> so... An emergency fund, a fund is is very important. Um, also, paying off your debt, paying off your consumer debt, um, you know, credit cards, personal loans, things like that. Um, we will get into these the two methods of debt repayment: the snowball and the avalanche. The snowball is where you uh, start with the uh, the loan with the lowest balance first, uh, and and you knock that out quickly to kind of get a quick win, and then you keep moving. The avalanche method is different where, where you kind of line your, your debts up uh, in descending order from highest interest rate to lowest interest rate, and you knock off the debt with the highest interest rate first. The idea being, if you do that, you're going to minimize the amount of interest you're paying over your debt repayment journey. Um, once you kind of get that consumer debt out of the way, it's time to get aggressive on investing, and we have a course on that as well, which is part of the Financial Mentor Program um, about investing in index funds. Very simple. You Instead of buying individual stocks, you buy the entire stock market. Um, we will dive into many episodes on investing and index funds right now. Again, we are just kind of setting the table for all of these discussions right now. Creating a budget that locks in your goals. So this is really important that, you know, I, I like to start with if, if, you know, when I was starting out, I wanted to start with three financial goals, which were to build that emergency fund to pay off my debt and to build basically a, a baseline retirement plan where I'd be able to retire by 65. So the whole idea of a goals based budget is you do the math and I will, through the financial mentor program, provide the spreadsheets to do the math for you on how much you need to be saving each month for your emergency fund, how much to pay off debt, and how much to save for that baseline retirement. 
So you basically you get the amount you need to save for all those three goals or whatever other goals you have. And in the goals based budget, you just deduct that amount from your take home pay and whatever's left over, you spend however you like. I am not big into strict budgets where you only spend X percent of your money on needs or wants or things like that. I like to put the goals up first. So get your financial goals. Uh, figure out how much money you're going to need each month to accomplish those goals. Subtract that from your take-home pay and do whatever the hell you want with the rest of your money. I don't, I, you know, it's not up to me. Whatever makes you happy. I would recommend you try to figure out what activities in life you really enjoy and, and try to spend more money on that. But I'm not going to tell you to, to skip your, your, your morning latte on the way to work. I don't, I don't care. As long as you are hitting your financial goals, I don't care what you do with the rest of your money. That's up to you. So that's part one. Is those five kind of concepts to financial freedom or personal finance rather um, is the tracking your spending, the emergency fund, paying off your consumer debt, investing and putting together a retirement plan and a budget to do all that. Part two. And this is where it gets exciting. So once you got those basics of personal finance down and mastered, um, now you really want to kind of start putting yourself in a position where you're able to handle more money. Because uh, if you don't have those those five personal finance concepts down, you can find yourself in, in a pretty tough situation where you're making more money, but you're not moving any closer to your financial goals. If you're not tracking your spending, if you have no budget, if you have no goals, uh, most people who have no financial goals whatsoever, no idea how to manage money, you give them more money and they're going to blow it. So that's why it's so key to master those five concepts. It's why we spend so much time in my writing, in the podcast, in the courses, discussing that. But once you get through all that, and it's a lot of hard work to get through all that, but once you do, now we're into part two, which is accelerating your path to financial freedom. And this is all about increasing uh, your savings rate. Um, so there's really two ways only you can increase your savings rate. And what do I mean? Let's back up here. Let's back the truck up. When I say savings rate, what do I mean? I, I'm talking about, um, the percentage of your take home pay, um, that you are saving each month. So your take home pay is simply, uh, the amount of money that you clear on your paycheck after um, expenses uh, and taxes and you know uh, insurance and all that stuff is taken off your paycheck. So how much of that are you saving each month? Um, and I define saving as it's anything that you're putting towards um, money that you're using to increase your net worth. So it could be saving for retirement. It could be paying, paying down the principal of your debt, but not the interest, right? So if you're putting money against a loan, um, the portion of that goes that goes to pay the principal of the loan, that's increasing your net worth. The portion that's going to pay the interest, that's just the servicing cost, that does not um, increase your net worth, so I would not consider that savings. Uh, same, you know, likewise, if, if you're putting money aside in a savings account that's earmarked to be spent, that's not savings either, right? So I think about, I have a travel fund. I, I put a few hundred bucks in the travel fund each month, I don't consider that savings because in a few months or in summertime next year, I'm going to empty that baby out and we're going to spend every penny in that travel fund. That's what it's there for. So it's not really increasing my net worth. It's just kind of uh, putting you know money aside for future consumption and it's not coming that far down the road. So I do don't consider that kind of savings. That kind of that kind of you know money is savings. So um, the goal here. 
yeah, there's two ways to increase your savings rate. You can um, spend less money while earning the same amount of money you currently make, right? So um, knowing no changes to your income, but you're spending less. Or you could hold your spending steady, right? So you're going to keep your lifestyle pretty steady, but increase your income. And of course, there's also a third option, which is trying to do both, right? Which is trying to hold, you know, reduce your expenditures while increasing your income. And that's the fastest way to to increase your uh, savings rate. Um, so again, if you want to save more of the money you already have, take a look at your big three expenses. That's where the majority of your budget is likely going to um, come from. Um, but what I found is, you know, once you get to a point where you're you're kind of got your minimum on your big three that you're comfortable with, and you, and you've made some reasonable choices there, the easiest way forward to increase your savings rate is to focus on your income, and that's where a uh, side hustle may come into play. That's that's how it worked for me at least, and and the, the two types of side hustles are the second job, right? You can get a job at uh, you know driving Uber or or delivering food or something like that. Um, that's like a second job. The other type of um, side hustle, which is this kind of side hustle that you need to pursue if your goal is financial freedom. Remember, if your goal is to spend your days doing what you love um, and having that cover your living expenses, then a side hustle with scalable income is the way to go. Uh, so what do I mean by scalable income? Basically, uh, it's just a, a fancy word for a, uh, a business. Uh, so I started a blog, um, Making a Millionaire, um, in 2018. The first few months, six months or so, I'd say, of, of writing that blog, I made next to no money. I made $15 in my first month, and I poured in, you know, probably 50, 60, 70 hours. Um, was making a few pennies an hour at that rate. Um, about a year into it, though, I started to pick up significant traffic, and the blog started to make money. And then the blog um, evolved into uh, courses and a YouTube channel and a podcast and the Financial Mentor Program, and eventually I had a business on my hand. Uh, but what it started with was a side hustle that had scalable income, so meaning I'm not guaranteed to make a penny doing what I do, but the uh, there is no cap on how much I can make. So I can scale my income, uh, not quite infinitely, but essentially infinitely compared to a job, right? Where a job is you have a low floor, you know exactly what you're going to make if you have an, a nine to five salary job, but there's usually a, a pretty strong ceiling on what uh, is possible for your income unless you have some kind of commission-based job then you might have some scalable income in, in a commission job. But if you're an office worker working 9 to 5 or an hour, hourly wage worker, you, you have a cap on what you can make. There's only so many hours in the day. So that's why if you do have a job with a capped income, um, it makes a lot of sense to pursue a side hustle that's more like a business that has scalable income. Because uh, not only can, can you really dramatically uh, increase your income, but if you start a business... You are in control of the business, and you are in control of what that business is. And that's where the second part of um, the financial freedom equation comes into play, because um, making money at a business that you hate 
will never bring you to financial freedom. Even if you're making all that uh, in enough money to cover all of your living expenses from the business, if you don't like what you're doing in the business, you're just you're just quitting a job that you, you know, didn't like for a business you don't like. And, and maybe you're slightly happier because you have more control. But uh, if you want real financial freedom, you want to be spending your time doing projects that you that excite you, that, that give you energy. So that is why building a business that you love is is part three of uh, that pursuit to uh, financial freedom. Being able to spend my days doing work I love when I want, how I want, and where I want. That's financial freedom to me. So remember, being able to, uh, to do work I love. So that is the important part of, of picking a scalable side hustle. It, it's, you got to really love it. Um, starting a business is really freaking hard. Um, so it's not worth it alone just to do it for the money alone. It's, it's, it's in a lot of ways not worth it. A lot of businesses fail. So if you're doing it for the money alone, um, you, you're putting yourself up to be disappointed because you're going to be spending your time. If you're, you have a, a business you don't love, you can end up spending a lot of time doing work you don't like and making no money. It sounds like a pretty miserable equation to me. So if you're going to fail at something, you might as well fail at your actual dream. Um, so what is the point of starting a business if you're not actually going to pursue what you are passionate about? And that's how I started Making Millionaire. I honestly just started it because I had so many thoughts on personal finance and managing money. I just needed an outlet that uh, wasn't my wife, me talking at her. Um, <laughs> she was getting pretty sick of me just talking about this stuff all the time, all the time. So I started writing it down. Uh, and then I, I decided to start publishing. I published it on Medium and started making a few bucks and was having fun and kept writing until eventually started to build an audience and make real money at it in a way we, uh, a way we went with it. So, you know, that's, uh, and I'll, I'll briefly introduce the concept here and we're going to talk about this in his own podcast episode of the 10% rule though, as well. Um, because getting to that point of financial freedom, I don't want you to think this can happen overnight. This takes a long time. Uh, and a lot of people kind of psych themselves out. They think they're going to start a business and it's going to make 50, 100, 200, $300,000 in their first couple of years. And it's, it's not the case. It takes a long time. You know, it can happen. But for a lot of people, especially if you've never run a business before, it takes a long time. Uh, so I have I've come up with this concept of the 10% rule to financial freedom, which is that if you can replace 10% of the money you make at your job by doing a side hustle or side business of, of something you love, then you can reach financial freedom in no less than 10 years, right? So if you make $70,000 a year um, in take-home pay, your goal would be for your business to replace $7,000 of your take-home pay in the first year of operating. And then in the second year, it would be 14000 and then 21000 and 28000 And each year, you're replacing an additional 10% of the income that you make from your job doing work that you love on a project that excites you. If you can do that, you will reach financial freedom in no less than 10 years, meaning you'll be able to spend your days doing work that you love when you want, how you want, and where you want. 
I can't stress how uh, important that that is, that at some point we have a goal that we are striving towards financial freedom where we can spend our days doing work that energizes us. So that is the table. That's setting the table here for where we are going with this podcast and where we are going with the um, financial mentor program. The, The goal, my goal here is basically... I'm trying to help you guys uh, reach that definition of financial freedom. So if that excites you, um, stay tuned because we are are really going to be gearing down on all of the detailed steps of how we're actually going to get there. And if you don't fully agree with my definition of financial freedom, that's okay. There is still going to be so much information and tidbits and um, strategies that you can take out of the financial mentor program and apply it to whatever your specific definition of financial freedom or financial independence or whatever it might be, right? If you do, if you do truly want to retire early, there's no reason you can't take the information that you're going to learn from this and, and just apply it to your goals. So don't get too bogged down in the specifics of, of my goal. I throw that definition of financial freedom out there because it's so important to have a specific definition of your goal. You can adopt my definition of financial freedom, and that's great. If you don't want to, though, spend some time actually thinking about what does financial freedom mean to you? So that's the thought I want to leave you on today is to simply grab a piece of paper and a pen or your keyboard and write down your definition of financial freedom. And then we will work towards helping you achieve that goal. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered financial or legal advice. Not all information will be accurate. Consult a financial professional before making any major financial decisions.